Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 28th of April. And on this day in Christian history, we're going back to 1789. And we travel to the South Pacific. We're going to be looking at the theme of the mutiny on the bounty. And how the final surviving mutineer repented and dedicated himself to the Christian education of the inhabitants of Pitcairn Island. Today, April 28th, a band of sailors staged the famous Mutiny on the Bounty. The ship had left England on a mission to collect and transport breadfruit plants from Tahiti to the West Indies. A five-month layover in Tahiti, during which many of the men had lived ashore and formed relationships with the native Polynesians, had led to a slackening of military discipline. As the men's duties during the bounty's stay in Tahiti were relatively light. Many had led promiscuous lives among the native women, and 18 officers and men received treatment for venereal infections. Captain Bly remained chaste himself and was tolerant of his men's activities, although he still expected them to do their duty efficiently on the return journey. However, it was then that relations between Bly and his crew deteriorated, and he began handing out increasingly harsh punishments, criticism and abuse. Fletcher Christian, the master's mate and the leader of the mutiny, had twice voyaged with Bly to the West Indies, and the two had formed a master-pupil relationship. Although Christian had become a skilled navigator under his tutelage. Christian became the brunt of a lot of discipline, and Bly drove him to breaking point. He was often humiliated by the captain on the return journey, sometimes in front of the crew, for real or imagined slackness. While severe punishments were handed out to men whose carelessness had led to the loss or theft of equipment. Floggings, rarely administered during the outward voyage, now had become increasingly common. And Bly accused Christian of stealing coconuts from the captain's private supply, and he punished the whole crew for this theft, stopping their rum ration and reducing their food by half. At this point, Christian considered constructing a raft for which he could escape to an island and take his chances with the natives. However, two of his fellow officers urged him not to desert and assured him that he would have the support of almost all on board if he were to seize the ship and depose Bly. Bly and 18 men who remained loyal to him were thus set adrift in the ship's open launch. And in an incredible feat, Bly navigated more than 3,500 nautical miles and kept a daily journal. To keep up morale, he told stories of his prior experiences at sea. He got the men singing and occasionally he led them in prayer. However, in his journal... 
Bly privately recorded that our situation was miserable, always wet and suffering extreme cold, without the least shelter from the weather. However, on the 2nd of June, the launch cleared Cape York, the extreme northern point of the Australian continent, and Bly turned southwest and he steered through a maze of shoals, reefs, sandbanks and small islands which later became known as the Prince of Wales Channel. On the 14th of June, with a makeshift Union Jack hoisted, they sailed into Kupang Harbour in Indonesia. In Kupang, Bly reported the mutiny to the authorities and wrote to his wife, Know then, my own dearest Betsy, I have lost the bounty. The mutineers settled on Pitcairn Island and they set fire to the bounty. Only the ballast stone remains of the wreck in Bounty Bay. And although the settlers were able to survive by farming and fishing, there were serious tensions among them. Soon alcoholism, murder and disease had taken the lives of most of the mutineers. With just three survivors, John Adams, Ned Young and Matthew Quintal left, the thuggish Quintal was killed with a hatchet whilst drunk. Adams was operating under the name Alexander Smith and he repented and transformed the community. With Ned Young, they turned to the scriptures using the ship's Bible as their guide to create a new and peaceful society. And they began teaching the children to read and write. The Bible is still on display in a Pitcairn church. Young eventually died of an asthmatic infection but Adams continued his work of educating the women and the children and soon the whole of the island was converted to Christianity. The American sailing ship Topaz was the first to rediscover Pitcairn eight years later and Adams was eventually granted amnesty for the mutiny. In 1825 Adams married to Teo or Mary who had borne his only son, George Adams, and he would eventually die on the island, aged 61. And his grave on Pitcairn is the only grave site of a bounty mutineer. It has a replacement headstone, and the original lead-covered wooden grave marker has been taken back to Britain, where it is now on display in the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich, in London. The main settlement and capital of Pitcairn, Adamstown, is named after him. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Please subscribe and leave a comment on the blog if you have time. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at Joan of Arc. And if you want to visit the blog or commission a podcast for your own organisation, Visit the website for more information at www.pogp.net. 
And if you'd like to respond directly, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. Have a lovely day wherever you are. And thanks for listening.